Welcome to the Electrician's Co-op. I'm your host, Rob Russ. And I'm Jamie Small. Today on the show, it's just Jamie and I just riffing on some stuff we're going to riff on. So let's get into it. <laughs> G'day, mate. G'day, Rob. How are you? I'm very well. What's new in your world? Uh, just battling COVID restrictions and all that sort of jazz, what, wearing a mask and trying to breathe through a mask all day. It's pretty tricky. How are you? Are you wearing a tinfoil hat? <laughs> <laughs> mate, you know me. I'm, uh, I listen to the news and follow the news and tell them I do what they ask me to do. We just do, do what Channel 9 tells us to do without question, hey? <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, there's, there's all sorts of stuff going on, so... I said to her, I got caught up in the rabbit hole uh, a few weeks ago and I was pretty pretty depressed and miserable. So I sort of got out of that and I sort of said to my wife and uh, my immediate friends around me, I just want to control what's going on in my own bubble and um, just listen to positive stuff and just ignore all the, no- all the noise. How about you? Yeah, man, I, I live in a little bubble, as you know, just in this little tiny apartment that we're in and um, I feel like we've – Sue and I have created a beautiful space for ourselves. You know, we're not really exposed to all the negativity out in the outside world. And her and I laugh our asses off a couple of times a day, which is just a really beautiful thing in a relationship. I don't know if you get to do that with your partner often, but I feel like just over the last few months that we've been together nonstop like that, we've had a a bit of a closer bond, actually. It's been really good for our relationship. It's so good to hear. Um, I think that's one thing that we don't do enough of is laugh out loud. Mm. Like there's a chuckle here and there, but you know, I remember being at school, mate, I'd be caught or got in trouble in, you know, in every class in every period for laughing uncontrollably. I don't remember the last time I did it. It's not that you're naughty. You're just like fooling around I so much. I just love to laugh hard, but yeah. these days, you know, it's it's few and far between. So, um, yeah, man, um, congratulations that you, you can do that with your wife. I think a lot of people can't, and especially in this testing time because there's not too many smiling faces out there and you can't see them anyway because they're hidden behind masks. They're all masked up. Yeah. You know, I've I, I got to say that it has affected me a little bit in that I walk around Cronulla here and I feel – I really feel for these local businesses, man. You know, I have a small business myself and I'm lucky that everything's online so it doesn't really affect me like – I'm not relying on foot traffic or something like that, but everywhere I go around here, everything seems to be shut up and shops closing, businesses closing, and, you know, it's all completely caused by the government. Mm. And and I think that, you know, no conspiracy theories here at all, nothing like that. It's just a sad fact that the government shut the economy down, which has shut livelihoods down, and I'm not sure if people are going to recover from that, and that is that is hard not to notice mm. and it's hard not to see. And when I look around and see that, I just think, man, how how are people surviving? Because I'm actually really flourishing and prospering in these times because I think I've just had more time to focus on what it is that I do for my job and all the other things that I've got going on in my life. But other people that can't do that and are not part of that, they must be really hurting badly. Mm. And uh, do you see that in construction? Are you seeing that? In your world well, or not really? I feel very fortunate that I become a sparky and pro- probably for all the trades out there that would be listening that um, we're all working and everyone seems to be really busy. So we're in a very fortunate position, whereas my wife who does weddings has got nothing and she's getting the government payment um, at the moment, the job saver or whatever it's called, and it's worked out well because she's at home with the kids, homeschooling those guys. So um, they're lucky to have their mum at home looking after them while I'm off at work. But... Um, all the trades, like I said, that we 
we're amongst and around and you know working with and for and all that sort of stuff. They seem to be doing really well. The timber short the timber shortages. Um, a bit tricky, like we're struggling to get timber for home so that we can throw wires through the roofs and in the walls. So, um, and colorbond steel. So, there's a lack of all that sort of stuff, but um, we've sort of diversified so that we're doing like the mums and dads stuff, like the installs and the maintenance, so that if building is quiet, we can still sort of fall back on the maintenance and the installs. Nice one. What about the rules and stuff? Are they do you have to have a vaccination to be on a job site or is it pretty relaxed or oh, what's going on with it or, so, or does nobody know? <laughs> so no one, no one's really asked us. Um, it's sort of brought up. It, I suppose I look at that as personal information, although it's not really anymore. Apparently not. Like if you're walking around <laughs> with hepatitis, people aren't asking asking you if you've got hepatitis. What's that coleslaw on your lip, yeah, pal? <laughs> like a, so, so all our boys have been um, all vaccinated and one of the boys is actually really, really sick at the moment due to um, – potential side effects from one of those, which is a bit worrying. So hopefully he's going to be okay. But, yeah, no one's asked. I had a client ask me the other day. He rang me. He goes, I got your number from Google, introduced himself and just um, told me a list of things that he wants done around the house and asked me if I'd been vaccinated. And he goes, oh, mate, I hate to ask, but, you know, it's this time. And I said, yeah, mate, no. <laughs> the I team's understand. good. They'll look after you. Don't yeah, worry. will look after you. It's all good. So we just masked up. And most people are pretty good, you know, like – um, one thing that I do miss is shaking guys' hands. You know, I think that's a big sign of respect when you can shake a guy's hand with a firm handshake and particularly with a customer as well. And when you've got a mask on, you can't see, you can't really read someone's body language, whether you're smiling or, you know, whatever you might be doing. So that also makes it tricky. So I suppose you're trying to emphasize more in your eyes what you're trying to say because yeah. you can't see your mouth with your smile. So it is tricky, but we're sort of rolling through it. We're in a very fortunate position like all other trades that we can work. And like you mentioned before, there's so many shops in Cronulla where we live that are, there'd be 30 shops in Cronulla Moor that are closed down. Tragic, huh? Oh, it's, it's, it's horrible. And it just sort of makes you realise that you really need to have an online presence if you are a homeware store or like, luckily for the, a lot of the restaurants have got the Uber Eats and all those sort of um, yeah. businesses out there that can help deliver their food. But yeah, mate, like I said, we're just chugging on. We're just trying to remain positive, turn off the radio and just sort of get on with work and just work hard. And I rocked up to a building site the other day and I took my son to work Hudson. We've rocked up to the site and where we park is right outside of the front door. And anyway, it was only the Sparkies on site, which was us. And I can hear the boys laughing and giggling inside and I've come inside. I said, boys, it is so good to hear you guys laughing. You know, there's not enough of it these days. So I'm so glad you're enjoying yourself. Nice one. So, yeah, it's really uplifting. The, the world's actually a pretty good place, man, when you switch the news off and yeah. there's no politicians yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, totally. I think it's just all negative. Yeah. And the, there are a few things you can control, like we always touch on, is what you listen to and what you see. Mm. So I think it's important to be aware of what's going on, but you don't need to be flooded with it all day. You know, like listen to some positive music or a podcast or you know, something uplifting. Not that 24-hour news cycle, that's for sure. Mm. Hey, listen, we we had a bit of a hard time here in New South Wales with a shutdown for a fortnight here in construction. That's in the rearview mirror now. Did that really affect you? Or did you guys, did, did that kind of bite or was it all right? No, I've, I've never been a really big spender. So... Um, I've always got money aside for a rainy day, although the guys were getting paid anyway, but obviously the overheads and all that still kept kept coming out. But that two weeks was amazing. You know, like my biggest part of my biggest part of my work is the phone. 
and it probably rang three times in two weeks. So I just had family time. The, the rest. phone was <laughs> inside. I didn't even know where it was, you know, so it was it was really good. All the boys had a really good break. So I looked at it as a positive rather than a negative and now we're back at it. It allowed me to sort of um, look at my business from the outside and look at what's important and it made me reassess my personal goals as well um, that, you know, money's not everything and houses and cars, not that I have all that, but that I want it. Um, isn't all that important? It's just time with and time with your your loved ones. Yeah, absolutely. That's good to get some enforced rest to rearrange those yeah. priorities as well. In the same vein as the shutdown in New South Wales, there's been some pretty crazy things happening down to our Victorian friends as well with mandatory vaccinations and a whole bunch of protests and a whole bunch of union things going on down there. What are your thoughts? Well, I like the fact that. They're standing up for what they believe in. I do like, like that. And I think from that CFMU march that I saw on Rebel News and a few other outlets that showed all aspects of what happened, um, it was, you know, it, was, it started off really nice and they gave this the bosses from the CFMU an opportunity to come out and speak and they didn't come out and they had them waiting an extra two hours and they were starting to get annoyed. So they started to ask questions like, why aren't you coming out and telling us why you're not looking after us? And... I don't know what happened after that, but I think it got pretty heated. And Did you, know, you see what happened after that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. We should link to the Rebel News thing where the, the union the union members are standing there asking questions like, why aren't you helping us? And then the the, the people that are actually part of it go, went to their cars and got a whole bunch of weapons yeah, out. Yeah, the union and, members were on one side of the road yeah. with bats and And the cops were in between them trying yeah. to stop it all. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, well, they're paying their membership. I think it's like 1000 bucks a year to be a member. Mm for them to stick up for their rights and they've gone against what they want. So I can understand why they're upset. I suppose the violence part, I don't know whether it was provoked or not. I can't really comment because I don't really, I didn't really see that side of it. But, you know, when, if you've been in lockdown for 200 odd days, you know, there's some pissed off people out there. So I can yeah. sort of understand, not that I'd ever go down that route, but I suppose in the heat of it, you don't know what, what you're capable of. And if someone pushes the, Everyone's a, everyone's on edge at the moment, you know, so it's easy to push the wrong button. Everyone's got a short wick and, you know, people can blow up, especially when there's so many other angry men there. I think the problem is that the union is there to represent employees and those folks that are at these protests are employees. So and what's going on? You know, what do you mean you're going to shut down the industry? What do you mean I have to get a vaccination? Like what has that got anything to do with me being a tradesman? Mm. Why, why on earth would I do that? What is my... What has my medical records got to do with whether or not I come to work? If I can come to work and do the job safely and it's it's fine, you know? Like if there's a case that's uh, found to be on a site, why can't they go in there and clean it up and tidy it up and do that deep clean thing that they do like in a school or like in a restaurant or something like that and let people get back to work? You just can't take people's ability to earn an income away. It's all right for me and you as business owners because we can hustle and we can find the work and we can get the work and we can make it happen for ourselves and we've got a bigger, we've got a longer runway in front of us because we've spent years and years building our businesses. But for people that are employed, they don't have that, man. Mm. I don't have that opportunity. And it's really sad to see that unions that are supposed to be representing employees are just leaving them by the wayside and making decisions mm. that are related to politics. And, you know, when I look at it, for me, you know, trying not to get into the political side of it, but it looks like the beginning of the end for the Labor Party to me, Yeah, you know, because the Labor Party's base is based on union members and that's traditionally what it is. And if this is how unions are going to treat members in Australia, bye-bye Labor Party, see you later. Bye-bye union as well for mm. that matter. Yeah, well, the people rely on the unions and when not, when they're not there defending them, 
puts that element of doubt going, hang on a minute, who's here to what's, actually defend us and what's stuff? What's the point, us? Yeah. yeah, what's the it's point It's actually come to site. It's actually, you know, like I remember back in the day when I was working on construction sites, like the CFMU and the ETU were so, had such a heavy presence in those areas and everyone felt obliged to be um, a member of those groups because they were supporting them, you know. So to see this is very disappointing, but I suppose when you look at what's going on in Israel and all those countries there where they're the most vaccinated country in the world, I believe, and they're still getting so, so sick. It, surely people have got that element of doubt of, oh, is this really working? So I suppose you've got to do your own research. I don't know what's right or wrong, but um, yeah, each to their own. I think everyone should have the choice to or to not and work or not to work, you know. So yeah, that's a- the country we, we used to live in and yeah. it looks like it's quickly changing, doesn't it? Yeah, it's very, very different to what it will be. I was, my daughter came out before and showed me a video of the New South Wales Premier talking about uh, if you're not vaccinated, it doesn't mean that you're going to have the same rights as people who are vaccinated once we reach that 80% target, which is, I don't know what that is, some mandatory herd immunity thing. And my daughter, you know, had this worried look on her face and I'm like, don't worry about it, honey. Just how does it affect you? You know, you're going to go to school, you're going to come home, you'll be with your friends, you'll be able to go to the shops, you'll be able to get on the train. Well, it doesn't affect you. Like, all this negativity in the world, mm. but it's really getting her down and she was worried about it. And so you just have to reassure her that things will be fine. And in six months time, hard times don't last forever. And in six months time, you will look back at this and go, man, that was, what, what was going on there? Mm. Remember in Melbourne when there was an earthquake and then there was riots and there was all of these things going on. What's next? An alien invasion or something like that. Mm. Just a crazy time in Australian history, but six months into the future, you won't even – you look back at this and go, yeah, that sucked, but whatever, who cares, it's gone now. It just now. seems like there's one thing after the other. There's the bushfires and there's the floods <laughs> and now there's the timber shortage and there's steel shortage. There's COVID. Now there's riots. Now there's a bloody earthquake. Well, like I said, what is next? Wait till a financial crash happens, oh, man. This is going to look like a kindergarten picnic. We're, just, we're actually just talking about cryptocurrency off the air, guys, and um, we're both uh, – quite heavily into it right now and learning as much as we can. So that could be a little avenue for everyone to sort of explore as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good idea. Let's take a little break and let's talk about some goal setting stuff because I think that's an important thing to reflect upon based on our conversation. Jamie, I was telling you earlier before we kicked off this podcast that I did a presentation last night on some goal setting, running some courses at the moment with a bunch of people. There must be about 60 in one and about 30 in the other. And we have this big accountability document. So the course is designed to help people to set some goals, set some some financial targets for themselves. And then we have what I call public accountability. And the reason you do public accountability in courses like that is because you're two and a half times more likely to hit your goal if you say it out loud in front of a group of strangers and then you're held accountable to actually doing that. So I don't just make people stand up on a Zoom and say, well, I want to make $10,000 a month or something like that. People come to their own conclusions about how much money they want to make and then we give them a, a really methodical system to actually do that in a little side hustle in their life and they go away and they do the work for the week and all things being equal, they start hitting up against their goals. But it got me thinking about why people don't do the work and why people don't do the things that they say they want to do. And I want to, if it's all right with you, I, I want to share that today. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So we, we set seven to 10 tasks for these groups 
per week to do these things. And each one of the tasks, when you look at them in isolation, is unbelievably trivial. It's like, why would you want me to do that? What? You want me to read that book? You want me to watch that video? You want me to do what in Facebook? What do you want me to do in WhatsApp? What messages? They're really trivial, simple tasks. But the tasks that we give to these people, and bear with me, folks, the tasks that we give to these people are the foundation pieces. Remember when you were an, an apprentice electrician, what was the very first menial task they asked you to do? Sweep the floor. Yeah, get the dustpan, do that. Haven't done it properly, do it again. Do it properly, right? They kind of feel like, you feel like you've been hazed a little bit because these tasks are so simple and they're so trivial, but the reality is what the, the person is doing is trying to give you a foundation piece and give you an opportunity to actually move forward. And I was thinking about the reasons why people don't do these simple tasks. And it's not because they don't have a solid foundation to work off. Everyone wants something better for themselves in their life. Everybody wants a better financial outcome. Everyone wants more money, more time with their family, a better job, more fulfillment, all of those things. There's not a single person on planet earth that wouldn't put their hand up and say, yeah, I don't, I want that. Nobody would say, no, I don't want more money. No, I don't want more fulfillment. No, I don't want a better relationship. Mm -hmm. That's bullshit. They all do want that. So why do so many people actually fail to do those little foundation pieces? And so what I came up with was it's all got to do with your ability to take action. So think about your behavior in the world and listeners, as you're, as you're following along here with what I'm saying, think about your behavior as well. So your actions are driven by your thoughts, but your thoughts are driven by your belief system. And what you believe drives what you think. If you think that I'm rambling on about some weird thing that's got nothing to do with being an electrician, well, you're right because that's your belief. But if you think that something like this might help you and you're listening in closely and listening intently, then it will because that's what you believe. So your belief systems come from a place usually from your childhood and usually, usually your belief systems are centered around some sort of experience that you've had in your life, whether that's good, bad, or indifferent. It's some experience that you could probably trace back to your childhood when you were an, an impressionable young man or young woman. And those beliefs are created early on, which drives your thoughts and the way you think about things, but it also drives your actions in the real world. So I come across these people, this, this group of 60 people and the other group of 30. So there's 90 people in these two groups that I'm doing this training with. And all of these people, every single one of them puts their hand up and say, yep, I want to create this recurring income every month. I want this money. I want to do these things. But then when we get to the end of the week and I look at the 10 tasks that they have to do, there's only about half of them that have done half of the tasks. So why haven't they done it? Because they don't really believe that this is actually going to work. But the proof. Hard. Well, no, the tasks are so simple and trivial. It was hard to do them because you, if you're laying on the lounge, you think, oh, I've got to get up and do that. You're like, oh, bugger it. You reckon? That's got to do with your belief system. Because if you looked at it and you was said- laziness? No, nah, your belief system. Because if you looked at it and you thought, well- if that's going to actually move me closer towards the target, I'm going to do that right now. The minute we get off this call, I'm going to start. Yeah, but not everyone's wired like that. That's because they don't have the same belief system as I do. Yeah. And they don't have the same belief system as you do either. And when you find when you find your peeps or your tribe in the world, they usually are the same sorts of people. And it's not that you attract the same sorts of people to you. You just kind of jive with those people who are motivated, they're disciplined, they're kind, they center around their health and their family and things like that. And that aligns to your system of belief, that aligns to your value set. And when you find those people, they're really close to you. 
and they become lifelong friends of you. And when you find people that are the opposite of those things where they don't really care about their job, they're not interested in financial security, they go around cheating on their partner all the time and all sorts of negative things, you're like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to hang out with those people yeah. either. And and your beliefs drive your thoughts, which drive your actions. And I want to ask you a, a couple of questions here, and uh, I'll take you through the exercise that I took them through last night. And, and ladies and gentlemen, you can play along while you're listening as well, because I thought it was a, a really I'm, good exercise. I'm, I'm prepared for this as well. <laughs> it's, don't worry, it's easy. I'm not going to ask you a question that you don't know the answer to. But what it is, is it's designed to get you thinking about your belief system as it relates to money because money is a central focus in our lives and we all go to work and we all have a business to make money because we've got to do that. But remember, having lots of money only solves your- Money problems. It doesn't solve your life problems. It only solves your- Money problems. Exactly. <laughs> but once you don't have money problems, everything else becomes a little bit easier, yeah. I would say. you know, you, less, less things to worry about. But nothing worse than having debt compounding on you and, and being hard and then you working 60 or 70 hours a week only to have to pay off the debt that you've accrued in the process. You know, that, that's a very, very difficult place to be in your life. So I want to, I want to focus around money because that's a, a central theme and it's universal to all of us. And people get stuck in the cycle of make it, spend it, risk it, make it, spend it, risk it. So when you make the money, you're either going to go and spend it on when you've, so think about your behavior in life, when you've got surplus money, in your life that you don't need in your business, that you don't need anything for yourself personally. You've got the clothes you need, the shoes you need, you've got all the, the gadgets and widgets that you need. What are you doing with that money? Are you spending it on unnecessary things or are you gonna go and risk it on some dodgy investment? Probably risk it, wouldn't you? Well, you've gotta be careful you don't get stuck in that cycle. So that's a negative cycle. That's, a, that's like an inverse dopamine reaction that you have when you're making money, you're spending it and you risk it. So you, Jamie, as an entrepreneur, you like to take risks in life. You like to, in, you enjoy those risks and you enjoy the payoff that you get from those risks, which is a dopamine hit. And the mistake that you can make if you're like that, if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner in your life, Often the mistake people make is that they get the cash in their life, then they either spend it, and if they don't spend it, they're going to risk it, and often they'll lose it. So how many times have you heard the story of a guy going from rags to riches, losing a lot, then going from rags to riches again and getting it all back? That, they know the formula. And they're in – well, they know the formula, but the reason they lost it in the first place is because they make it, spend it, risk it, and they, they put a bet on the wrong horse when they're risking it. So – they're willing to take those risks and willing to make those things happen for themselves. And what I call that is I call that an inverse dopamine reaction because you get a hit of like, man, I'm going to put 10 grand on that crypto or I'm going to put 10 grand into this thing or buy these shares or these stocks or put a trade on over here or put a bet on over there. You're taking a risk because you're looking for the dopamine hit that you get. So that's the actual inverse of the way somebody who – is well set up in their life and has financial freedom. Somebody who's well set up, has financial freedom, has investments. And those investments pay cash flow, which buys more investments. And they're using the cash flow that they have and the money that they have to actually get into other opportunities, which create other versions of cash flow. So those people have the right type of dopamine reaction where they go, oh, look, I got an 8% return this month. What a great result. That's the reaction you're looking for. Somebody with the inverse dopamine reaction goes, oh man, I'm going to put $10,000 on this and I'm going to make $8,000 this month. 
because it's going to go to the moon. It's going to happen like that. So if that's you and you're listening to this, that's a make it, spend it, risk it negative cycle that you've got to get yourself out of. So let me ask you a question and you've got to answer this in one word. Yeah. And as you're listening to this, folks, play along at home, wherever you are in the car. What does money mean to you in one word? Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> Freedom. Yeah. For me, it means relief. Yeah. Because to me in my life, and I've thought about this a lot, what does success feel like to me? Success always feels like <sighs> relief. I can remember a time, man, where I didn't have money being at the servo, looking at the petrol pump, holding my th- hand on the thing, making sure it stopped at 40 bucks because that's all I had to my name. 40, I was at five. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, man, I haven't got enough money to yeah, fill up my car yeah. for heaven's sake. You know, many of us have been at that point in our life. And I know that when I've had money, I don't even look at what the number is. I just hold my hand on the on the trigger until it clicks and my car's full of fuel, right? And that's like, oh, I don't have to, I'm good, you know. I don't even think about it because yeah. I have the money to pay for those things. So what does that mean to you, ladies and gentlemen? What does money mean to you in one word? And if you can describe it in one word quickly, like Jamie did there and like I can as well, what that means is you've got a really strong belief system around money as well. So let's just amplify that a bit with a couple more questions. In your life, is money right now, is is money hard, easy, or are you indifferent to it? Easy. Easy. Beautiful. Look at your instant response, right? So your instant response says to me that- But, but part of it feel. is believing it. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. And that's- this even if, what I'm even if you're unsure about it, you'd still say easy because you can speak things into existence and you want to be confident in saying that as well. Yeah, but that's that's around your belief system. Yeah, no, I, not that I have the Midas touch or anything, but I just kind of feel like um, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Oh, baby. <laughs> I love those cliches. They're cheesy, but they're true, man. They're- Mate, totally, totally. And, um, you know, I, I try to have my money working for me and, yeah, hence why we speak about the crypto. So I'm, I'm into that and learning as much as I can about that because I certainly don't want to be working until I'm 65. I'd still like my business going until I'm 65, but to the capacity that I'm involved in it is not on the tools working. So I want to be smart about it and start thinking now. So that has a compounding effect on the next 25 years of my life. It does, yeah. And, and see, that's, that goes to the very heart of what it is that you believe about money and what you understand that money is a tool to exist that gives you the freedom that you're looking for in terms of time, opportunity, things, places to travel and all of those things because freedom encompasses all of those things. So ladies and gentlemen, we started off by asking, what does money mean to you in one word? And then is it easy, hard, or are you indifferent to it? I also think that once you've achieved a little bit of success in your life, that money does come a little bit easier because you're less resistant to things. If you're at a point in your life where money is actually a problem for you and it's difficult to come by, it will continue to be difficult and it'll continue to be hard because you have a level of resistance there that you can't see, but you can definitely feel. If you're like scratching around, wondering how to pay for fuel, you know, it costs you 70 bucks to fill up your car and you've only got 40 bucks to do that. You're going to be like, man, I've got to swap my time for money to Mm. solve that problem. You're going to have to work really, really hard to dig yourself out of that ditch to make that happen for yourself as well. I think the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. I do agree with that. And like I touched on before, um, we went on air as a good mate of mine who lives out the eastern suburbs. He bought his house out there for $2 million. He sold it yesterday for $7.1 million. Wow, amazing. So <laughs> I don't know where you make those sort of returns, but that's insane. So it just goes to show the rich get richer 
and the poor get poorer. So I think it does get easier when you get to a point where you can start making more money. But like you said, money only solves your money problems, you know. Like it doesn't allow you to be at home more with your family having more money or does it? I don't know. It depends how you structure your business. Yeah, it depends how you position it, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, in one word, if you made a $7 million sale on your house, what would you do with the profits of it? I would buy a rural property um, close to the coast, probably within 20 minutes from the coast, probably on a couple of hectares. I'd have all the bells and whistles, the pool, the house, sauna, steam room, pool, ice bath, all that sort of stuff, gym, um, plenty of pro- plenty of flat land for my kids to ride their motorbikes. And, yeah, I'd probably buy a house in a holiday destination as well. That's way more than one word. Oh, was it? <laughs> did you even say that? I didn't even hear you say that. I did. I slipped it in deliberately to make a little bit of fun at you because you're an easy target, mate. What the, what, you know what? I can sum that up in how one can word. You say it in one word then. Exit. Exit. Yeah, that was your exit. You just told me what your exit is. Yeah, no, it's still, I think you need some sort of work to some capacity to keep your mind stimulated. So I think I'd still work until I could. Um, doing what I don't know it might be trading, day trading could be still running my business um, remotely or something like that. But mm. I still definitely need something that's stimulating. So to move away and just get up in the morning, train, and go have coffees and breakfast, I, I certainly need more than that. So yeah, I don't know. I, I just want a beautiful home. That's I've been watching a uh, a TV show on Prime called Nine Perfect Strangers with yep. Nicole Kidman, yep. and it's filmed up in Byron Bay. It's set in California, but it's filmed in Byron Bay, and they have this, like, magnificent house and these pools and the river and the bush and the beach right nearby. And when I saw that, because you told me about you were thinking about doing something like that recently, I saw that show and I was like, that's the house that he wants. Yeah. That's it. That's, like, what you're looking for with a little bit of property, a lot yeah, of space. Totally. And- yeah, I just want some more space. Just I don't want neighbours, like, my fence line's a couple of metres from where I sleep. No, I just want a bit more room and don't like that guy. (laughs) He's selling. (laughs) Thank God. He's selling. (laughs) Thank God. All right. You only get one word for the last question here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as you're listening, make sure you're playing along here. What does it make you feel when you think about money? Well, how does it make I feel when I think about money? Um, Ambitious, more. There are a couple of words I think of, you know, I, I always want more of things. And I suppose I look at, or everyone looks at successes, whoever's got the most money, which obviously, as you, as you know, that isn't always the case. I look at the the father that's able to take his kids to school and pick them up from school, but earn a decent living rather than the guy that's earning a couple of million bucks that never sees his kids. Yeah. I look at the the father picking his kids up as successful, but everyone's, I suppose, got their own idea of success. I certainly don't think... Um, you know, the guy that's working long hours and not seeing his family but earning a shitload of money isn't successful. Um, so maybe financially, but you know, there's a whole there's a whole array of elements to success, and it's just sad that society looks at success as money and who drives the fast cars and has the biggest house. So, I think the sooner you realise that, the better. So I ask that question really deliberately because your answer really will help you as an individual to understand exactly where you are in your life when it relates to that. Because if you think about money and how that makes you feel, then what that is, is the very core of your belief system. Mm. Maybe security is probably the word word 
now that I think about it, it's probably the word, yeah. Yeah, so money makes you feel secure Yeah. when you have money. Yeah. What if you don't have money? Does that make you feel secure? Well, I've, well I have no money at 27 and- I don't feel real secure with no money, man. No, I, I suppose it's hard to look back now and sort of think about how I was feeling. Um, but mate, I was a bit of a lone wolf, you know what I mean? Nothing really bothered me and I suppose, I don't think I'm a different person to what I was then. Um, I suppose I was- when I put the Bowser in the car, that, that was a bit concerning. Or when I told my wife I was an apprentice at 27, that was worrying because I, I thought she would not, not want to be with me. But it all worked out. And how I felt, I don't know, I can't really answer that because I, I don't really remember how I felt. But I feel at ease now. I feel comfortable. Um, and I think comfort's probably a road to mediocrity a little bit as well. I think it's important to put yourself out of your comfort zone a lot and want more and have goals, have these big lofty goals that scare you at times. Um, and, and I suppose on the back of all this COVID stuff, I'm sort of reassessed what I actually want and it's not the fast cars and, you know, the overseas holidays. It's more of the simple things and that's um, just hanging out with your friends and family and just being healthy and um, having food on the table, I suppose, now. Yeah, it's a bit more of a dial back sort of mm. existence, isn't it? You know, you're not measuring yourself, you're not measuring your personal success by having or acquiring those sorts of things. And that's really the, kind of at the heart of what I wanted to talk about today and just share that with you, Jamie, and with the audience as well, because it was really well received with the people in the last couple of days, nearly 100 people I shared that with. And the feedback was really solid for it because we all have had time for a lot of personal reflection and personal introspection, especially over this lockdown period and this COVID and the crazy political madness that's going on and the division that we have in our society. It really highlights to me, it shines a spotlight on what I think is important and what matters to me and what is just white noise out there in the universe. And, you know, I see things in my Facebook feed or my Instagram feed as I scroll along and they really trigger me. And I just, you know, I just keep scrolling and I just keep scrolling. And I think I actually prefer to live in a little bit of an echo chamber where I'm talking to people like you that have got the same value set as me. You've got the same belief system as me. You want the same things as me. Then I talk to my mum. She's like that. My brother's like that. My, my other friends are like that. And we all live in this echo chamber mm. and we're all a little bit maybe anti-government and maybe a bit anarchist, if you like. But that's not to say that we want to be violent or do anything bad, but we just want an alternative way of getting things done. And mm. we just don't want government in our business so much. And when you only talk with people that want the same things as you, that's the definition of an echo chamber. So I think it's really important to surround yourself with like-minded people because that'll make you feel more secure. That gives you a good level of comfort and it's good for your mental health. If you and I are feeling like that and then we're dealing with and hanging around with people that have the opposite and opposing views, you'll feel like it's really antagonistic all of the time. And that's why the media is such a negative influence on people is because they present an ultra antagonistic view of they, they present the polar opposite of what most people think because what happens when they do that is you like it, you share it, you click on it, they get paid. Mm. There's an agenda behind all of it. That's how media works. Media once upon a time was about television advertising and, and newspaper advertising, but it's not about that anymore. It's about sharing. It's about eyeballs on their web pages, eyeballs on their social media, because for more eyeballs create more interest. And when things go viral, that means thousands of dollars in ad revenue for that particular thing. So the media will try and trigger you at every single point they can to antagonize and outrage you 
Because when you see that, you'll send it to me and go, oh, man, have you seen this? I can't believe that they're saying that. What about this? And I'm like, yeah, you're right, because I live in an echo chamber. Yeah, have you seen this? And I pass that on to the people in my echo chamber, and it keeps going and going and going. You've got to turn off that noise, mate. you got to. So if there's so many triggers out there, reduce the amount of triggers. And I deleted Facebook altogether the other day. I deleted LinkedIn altogether the other day. I don't listen to the radio, news, the newspaper. Um, I've only got Instagram, and on my Instagram, I only follow other businesses that inspire me. Yeah. So I've heavily reduced the amount of noise that I'm getting and triggers like you, like you, the way you described it. So I suppose the only news I'm getting is from the guys at work that are telling me what's going on in the world. But I got caught up in the old TikTok um, rabbit hole. Oh, you got drawn into the TikTok oh, rabbit hole. I downloaded hole. it the other day. It is so addictive. Far <laughs> out. I just spent hours there just scrolling through TikTok videos. And it's funny, whatever you watch, you sort of see, must be the algorithm the you algorithm, see more yeah. of. Yeah. So I deleted that as well. So the only um, social media I've got is my business Instagram page. I've got a personal one, but I don't use it. Um, and I feel better. You know, there's when I'm clicking on my phone to sort of look for something to look at, I'm scrolling through cryptocurrency prices or um, just, you know, Googling something random that I want to learn about, you know, so it's good. Yeah, that's good. That's important. It's an important conversation to have in such a, a trying time. You know, I think there's a lot of negative stuff going on in the world. And I think it's important that you and I have these conversations and share them with our audience. But let's take a break and wrap this one up. Well, Jamie, it's been way too long since we've recorded a podcast, mate. We need to do more of these. It's been fun just to kind of riff on really nothing and just have a little bit of a chat. Hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, you enjoyed that, being a fly on the wall and learning a little bit about your money mindset and where you're up to with things. Is there anything else you want to add to today's show? Turn off the noise, um, reduce the amount of triggers that are in your life, and I think you'll be a hell of a lot happier. That it? <laughs> that was the formula for like happiness and success oh, right there. Bro. That was like, it. There's just, there's just everyone out there. Like I was just driving here and I might have been a little bit on the other side of the road and he's coming the other way and I just saw the the look in his eyes like, oh, like he wanted to kill me. I'm like, oh, just. Take it easy, man. You can go. It's right. water off a duck's back. You know, don't <laughs> let too many things bother you. You know, control your controllables and just reassess what's going on inside your bubble. You know, <laughs> all jokes aside, but not really funny. I got in the car for the first time in like, I don't know, a week and a half or two weeks, maybe. I don't need to drive anywhere, right? Got in the car and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go and get a McDonald's burger for lunch. Go do something a bit naughty, right? And not tell my missus or my daughter. I just go and do it on my own and bring back the rappers and see their reaction. It's kind of fun. And so I drove out of Cronulla and I'm pointing the car towards Macca's and some guy pulls out in front of me and I'm like, I just feel like, what are you doing, man? And I went to beep the horn. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, I've got nowhere to be. I can't drive anywhere. And like, I'm getting all worked up about nothing. He didn't mean to do it. It's like, just relax, man. It's like, life's not so bad. Everything's okay, right? Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing with Mac is when I, we had it the other day, me and my young bloke, 
um, on the way home from work and we pulled in and got Maccas. We ate it, but we always throw the rubbish away before we get home. So oh, no you don't knows. you don't stir the pot? So no one knows we've had Maccas. <laughs> Got to go the other way, man, and put it on top of the rubbish in the bin and they'll be like, what, did you have Maccas without me? How good's it McFlurry? <laughs> <laughs> Especially for your little boy, man. That's good yeah, stuff. Man, totally. Good stuff. Hey, Jamie, if people want to connect with you, man, what's the best way? Um, only on Instagram now, pro, uh, at Pro Image Logical. And also I'd like to uh, thank Clipsal. Um, they've paid for our new uniform. So big thank you to Clipsal and we've been using more of their Clipsal Iconic gear. So if you're looking for a good product to use for switches and PowerPoints, try the Iconic range. Nice one. Looking forward to getting back to doing some more podcasts with Clipsal and yeah, totally. some other stuff in the coming weeks and months ahead as this lockdown eases and we get back to normal life. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you can connect with us at the Electricians Co-op on Instagram as well. And all of the links are right there in the show notes. Have you got a parting comment, a final piece of wisdom for us today, mate? I'm putting you on the spot there. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, all right. So push yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. That, man, you're just like, there, there they are, man. There they are. I love it, man. All right, let's get all out right, of here. Good on you, Rob. Thanks, See you, everyone. Mate. Bye See now. See you guys.